You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Welcome, Remnant Warriors. We have a good show in store for you today. The Road Less Traveled. The Road Less Traveled is a concept echoing the essence of choosing a unique or challenging path in life and finds a particular parallel in the teachings of Scripture, particularly in the book of Matthew. That's what I'm going to start off with today. I want to welcome you. Welcome Gideon's 300. Welcome Remnant Warriors. We're so thankful that you tuned in. I think you're going to get something really powerful out of today's broadcast as we're going to dive into something that people don't talk about a lot. It's Matthew 7, 13 through 14, where it is written, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Well, does that look like modern Christianity? Does that look like what you're seeing online, by the way? Does it look like what you've seen for the last 30 plus years here in America, that there's this narrow gate that only a few are walking through? Or do you see millions of people, which by the way, the harvest is plentiful. But but the deal is, is that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name, I did that in your name, he's gonna actually say to many of these people, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. I never wanna be one of those people. I never wanna be someone that the Lord says that on judgment day to me, I never knew you. That is ever although i don't have to worry about that because i do know that i am on my way to heaven and i believe you do too because if you're living a consecrated lifestyle and you are truly sold out for the lord then you got nothing to worry about but the deal is there's a lot of people that are living a lifestyle that look just like what they lived in the world uh can i can i mention something a little controversial all right thank you i'm gonna mention it uh, td jakes okay now look I, i'm not here to try to malign this man I'm not here to try to destroy his ministry. I'm not here to try to to just sit here and say I'm holier than thou, you know. But but let me just say a couple of things about this man, okay? Uh, why was he at Puff Daddy's party? Why why was he sitting there at a party where there's sex and drugs going on? Is that a place that a minister of the gospel should be at? I think most of you would say that's wide gate. That's not narrow gate, right? Well, I understand some people could say, well, he was there ministering or whatever. Okay, well, maybe we'll give you a pass on that, even though I don't really want to give you a pass on that because the Bible is pretty clear. What place does light have with darkness? But even even if he, you know, that one, there's an explanation. You know, there's this, this video that I saw this week. And honestly, it was shocking to me because I'm a pastor. And so I'm trying to put my myself in, in T.D. Jake's position. He's, I think it's on his show or a show that he was on. And he's got his hand in his pocket, which I just found weird anyways, okay? Hand in his pocket, and here's this, this homosexual man in front of him twerking and doing very sexualized dancing in front of T.D. Jakes, this pastor. And T.D. Jakes is sitting there grinning and smiling and, and watching this man twerk and watching this. And there's a studio audience at whatever the show is. And so you got this man who's supposed to be a pastor sitting there with his hand in his pocket watching a gay man twerking and laughing and smiling yeah that's not narrow gate friends that's not so i just I, you know i was thinking of an example i'm like what example could i start the show with and then you know i see this video i said my gosh there we go 
I mean, so whatever whatever T.D. Jakes has done or hasn't done, and I'm sure that the man has done many good things, you know, over the years. I believe he started off right and, uh, you know, was in the anointing. And I've heard some of his messages that were very anointed, very powerful. But I don't know how it got to the place where the leaven came in to where he finds himself at Puff Daddy's party or he finds himself sitting there watching a gay man twerking and smiling and, and looking really, really bad. I mean, it's just not a good look. And so the Bible says to you, avoid even the appearance of evil. You know, when I first uh, started serving the Lord, I came out of Hollywood, as many of you know, and out there it was actually pretty regular, even for some Christians, they call them sipping saints. But it's very prevalent in the LA Christian community for Christians to drink. Now, you know, I'm not saying that they were getting drunk, drunk, but you know, they would have a dinner and there'd be some wine and, and you'd see some of the, even some pastors, you know, in LA. And I don't know if this happens other places. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. Uh, so, you know, to me, that was the, the scene that I kind of came into. And it was, it was weird for me because I had come from the world. And when I accepted Jesus and I had that Damascus Road encounter where I got stabbed nine times. Some of you may know my testimony. I got stabbed nine times. And the Lord spared my life. And so when, I, when that whole thing happened and, and, you know, I experienced the presence of the Lord and just realized how real God is. And, you know, and I would see some of these people drinking. And so at first, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's okay. And then thank God one of my mentors at that time told me, yeah, the Bible says not to be drunk with wine. You know, not to be drunk with now. People say, Well, didn't Jesus turn water into wine? Well, yes, but that's that's not the same kind of wine. I mean, that's what people drank back then. I mean, it was like water or like a juice, you know, like apple juice or grape juice. That that's the kind of wine. It wasn't the kind of wine that was fermented to where people, you know, they, they were getting drunk. I mean, they did have that kind of wine, by the way. But but that wasn't the kind of wine that Jesus was making. Jesus was making juice, basically. And people have to understand that he, he, Jesus is not going to be sitting here like a bartender hand, handing out stuff that people are going to go sin and and get drunk. And when the Bible says be sober, you know, don't be drunk, actually. It talks against being drunk. So, so you know, when you when you allow these areas of compromise, and you may be somebody that drinks a few glasses or something, you say, well, I don't get drunk. Look, that's between you and God. I'm not, I'm not here to sit here and criticize you. You got to make that decision. I mean, there's, there, you're going to have to be the one that deals with God on those things. And I'm not here to, to sit here and pound the Bible over your head. But I'm just going to tell you why I don't drink. There's a few reasons. But one was because in those early days of, of ministry, very early days of ministry, when that, that's kind of the group that I was introduced to because I was in Hollywood. And these were the pastors. And, and not all of them drank, but some of them drank. So anyways, I would, I would go to these functions and different Christian events. And some of these people would be drinking some wine or whatever. And, and so, but I, what I saw was there was a man that struggled with alcohol addiction and he was really having a hard time because here's Christian leaders that, that he respected and looked up to that were sitting there sipping, sipping saints, right? And the deal was, is that that was a stumbling block for him. He eventually ended up relapsing and I think he even left the body of Christ. I think the guy, you know, backslid into his, I hope that he got, you know, uh, re reconciled and came back to the Lord. But I remember he did end up falling. And, and I thought to myself, my God, I don't ever want to cause somebody to stumble. And I talked to Pastor Jack Hayford about it. And he said, you know, uh, you shouldn't do it. You know, be, be, be different. Be set apart. You don't have to be like some of these other leaders. You be consecrated. And, and you avoid the appearance of evil. And if you feel convicted about this or you don't want to cause somebody to stumble, you be the light. And so since then, I haven't drank. And I'll tell you, I have no desire to drink. I don't need to drink. Um, you know, and again, if you drink, that's between you and God. I don't think it's going to stop you from going to heaven, but I do think it could be an open door in your life. And that's not what this program is about. But what the program is about is this, the straight and narrow, the straight and narrow. And 
the deal is, is you know, so I was sitting with this couple this last week who I greatly love. I just appreciate and love, and you know, we've become good friends. And you know, I got to meet their daughter, and just a beautiful situation all around, all around beautiful situation. And we started getting to talking, you know, and, and this is a couple that's been in ministry now for a little bit. And uh, but you know what, God is is doing something in their family, and it's beautiful. There's a healing going on, and we we started having the conversation about how you know when you when you raise your hand and accept Jesus, or you walk down that aisle and accept Jesus, or wherever it is that you accept Jesus, that's just point zero zero one of being a Christian. You know, every day, every season, every year, we should be growing. We should be going deeper. We should be getting more on fire for the Lord. It should be a constant season of growth. Like we should never stop growing and we should never stop desiring to grow, by the way. So when, when you hear this verse, and we're going to get in a lot more of this today, but straight is the way, narrow is the gate that leads into salvation. And then you look at a lot of the body of Christ it's it's no surprise why we're in the state that we're in as a country. It's no surprise why we're in a, a very difficult, disturbing moment where morality has you know fallen off a cliff, where you got men saying they're women, where you got people all confused and just all kinds of uh, debauchery and, and demonic stuff that's now entered into the public square as as you know considered normal. You know, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, what did he say? Uh, new norms. What new norm? What do you mean new norms, Obama? What does that mean, new norm? Are you saying that we're upending the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded on? Or how about this? The, the Christian values. The Christian values that this nation was founded on. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, that is what he's saying. He's talking about postmodernism. He's talking about new norms. He's talking about upending the way that this nation has, has been operating from the beginning. In God we trust. You know, the Ten Commandments, uh, all the different things that have, that have formed, uh, you know, even our Constitution, which is synonymous with the Word of God in many ways. Of course, it's not at the level of the Word of God, but it was, it was written with the Word of God in mind. So I want to get into this discussion today because you're not going to hear it a lot of places. And I know this isn't like some news show today. Some of the shows that we do, we talk about current events and things, but I think this is about as important as anything else. Because if we don't understand what narrow gate means, because yeah, it says only a few are going to find it. Well, I want to be one of those few, don't you? So I think it's very important we have this conversation today, and I think um, we're going to get through every element of this so that you will be set up for success. So stay tuned. This is the Todd Coconado Show. Download our new app in the iPhone, Apple Store, and in the Google Play Store. It's on Roku TV and Amazon under Todd Coconado Ministries, where we stream this program live, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're so thankful that you're here. And again, please download our new app. It's on the uh, iPhone Apple Store. It's in Roku TV. You can watch these broadcasts live. Turn on your notifications in the settings, and it'll tell you every time we're live. And uh, that's a way to get around the censorship. We're going to be putting some content on there that you'll only find on the new app. So uh, documentaries and broadcasts that are censored on Facebook, you're going to want to download this app and it's also a way for us to communicate with each other outside of zuckabuck i think that's what mike lindell calls them <laughs> facebook and all these platforms that love to censor it's like 1984 the movie with george orwell you know that the thought police there's just so much to talk about 
uh, this narrow gate, it's really got me thinking because I had we had this service at the Remnant Revival Center. That's our church here in Nashville. And, uh, you know, Friday night we were there and I was talking about just how real God is and everything. Towards the end of the service, uh, I don't know what happened. It was like the Spirit of God just moved. And all of a sudden I found myself on my knees just weeping and I couldn't stop crying. Couldn't stop crying. And it was, it was a deep moment. And I just, I think what it was, you know, people, some people misinterpreted. They thought there was something wrong or that I was having a meltdown or something. I wasn't. What was happening was the Lord was actually healing my heart from a lot of things that I've seen over the years in the church. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about. Church hurt and, you know, they call it friendly fire. Not so friendly, is it? Friendly fire. Uh, when these people that are in the, in the, in the Christian world and they, and they just love to attack you and, and be vicious and mean and, and so rude and nasty and hurtful and uh and they call themselves christian but even though that's like totally against the fruit of the spirit totally against uh, matthew uh, you know was it matthew 18 and you know all the things the bible says to do i'm totally against that but yet there's so many people that claim to be christians that are out there just just bashing the saints just you know just trying to i mean and, and you know i always say the world is watching this guys like there there's a dip we could take this offline we could go to the person there's other ways that we can handle this you know instead of airing everybody's dirty laundry all over social media but this is the world we're in so uh, if you've been hurt in the church or you've seen, you know, there's been a couple of big scandals that have come out recently in the body of Christ again. And every time that happens, there's a lot of collateral damage. A lot, a lot of people are wounded and hurt because here's this pastor they looked up to. You know, I was thinking about Justin Bieber the other day. You know, we used to pray with his mom in Hollywood and uh, she was praying so many years for her son to get saved. And then, you know, one day it just happens. I mean, here, here you got Justin Bieber, this internationally known superstar singer uh, son of hers and you know just a boy though you know just just a regular boy in reality but you know obviously uh, the world puts him on a pedestal and he's famous and so and, and you know he comes to know Jesus which was like an answer to many years of prayer from Patty Millette his mom right and so then he gets he gets connected with these different pastors well one of them is is uh, this gentleman out in New York right and uh, you know his name uh, let me think here Carl Lentz that's it Carl Lentz and he was a Hillsong pastor out in New York. And, you know, Justin became very close with him. They were good friends. And, well, what happens the next thing you know, this guy falls. So here, now, now you know, Justin is is like, what what's going on? You know, what happened? Now, I think they're still friends as far as I know, but I think it really hurt Justin. And uh, many people have told me that it, it made a big impact on him. And, and by the way, it's not the only person in his life that he looked up to that fell. And, and so I, I believe he's still moving forward with his faith, but I think that it's been it's been affected by this. And so, you know, you just got to think about this. I mean, every time a leader falls, especially a well-known leader, uh, the collateral damage is, is pretty extensive. I remember when I was younger, I went to this church. Uh, this is when I was just getting out of Bible school, and it was a pretty big church, and there was a ministry there. There was a very big international ministry that was out of this big church, and great church, by the way, great leadership, everything. And uh, the leader fell. He, he had an affair on his wife. And, and, and you know, the, the damage that happened from, I'm not talking about the senior pastor, but the man that ran this ministry out of that church uh, fell. And, and, and just thousands of people. I mean, this was a, it was a deliverance ministry, believe it or not. And, and the guy who was leading up the deliverance ministry fell. So I've seen my share of uh, just horrible situations over the years. I've seen, I've seen corruption. I've seen people that say they're Christian, that are, backstab each other, that you know just do things that are totally out of character for a christian to do 
you know, not to mention just in general dealing with warfare every day and in the in the battle that we're in on the front line. I'm not trying to say this for, you know, pat on my back or anything, but if you're in the battle with me, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's pretty stressful, you know, unless you lay it down every single day and I got to do that. I got to just lay it down. Uh, but, you know, I, I was carrying these things, guys. I was carrying these on my heart for years, I think. And and then all of a sudden at the altar the other day, it was like the Lord just, just released that burden and released that weight from me. And he just, it was like this, just this moment of just, I mean, even though the whole church was there and it was streaming online, I felt like I was just sitting alone with God at, at the altar and just wept. And, and it was like all that heaviness and, and all that stuff, all that stuff, all the junk that I've seen in the body, just it just fell off. I just felt like such a release of not having to carry that burden, not having to worry about it, you know, because he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light, right? Lay it down at the foot of the cross. And many years ago, I realized that, you know, I, I can't rely on somebody else's faith. I have to, it's between me and God. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, we have elders and mentors and people we look up to, and there are amazing people of God that aren't compromised, thank God. Real saints, many of you are those people, real saints, you know, people that truly love the Lord, do their best. But even on our best day, we mess up, right? Even on our best day. And so we're never going to attain perfection. So then how, how does this whole thing work? Straight is the way, narrow is the gate. Well, let me just finish this thought about what happened at the altar the other day. Uh, I'll tell you, I, it was, I was really blessed. I was really, really blessed after I left that service because, and many of you reached out to me, by the way, some of you that watched it, and, and you said, Pastor, that was a powerful service. It was. The Lord met us. The Holy Spirit came. But I believe he wants to release burdens from you too. Maybe something happened in your childhood. Maybe something happened in your marriage. Something happened at church where you were hurt. I believe, even today, I believe God wants to do that. In fact, I don't think it's a mistake that you're listening right now. I believe God wants it because if we're going to move forward, we can't be have this baggage, this bondage, these things that hold us down and, and burden us and, and, you know, unforgiveness or hurt or, you know, we just got to lay that stuff down because God wants to move in our life, in and through us and in the situation that he's allowed us to be in right now. He wants to show himself faithful and, and he wants us to, to consecrate ourselves, to grow deeper in him, to yearn for him, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to really want more of him. Do you, do you really want more of him? I mean, is that something that you wake up? I mean, do you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, I want more of you today. I want to go deeper than ever before in this season. I, I don't want to go back to my bad habits and my addictions and, you know, my anger issues or my doubt or my fear or my anxiety. I truly want what you say, where you say the sun, you know, who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's how I want to be, God. Well, he, want, he wants you to be that person. He wants you to be free. That's what the Lord desires for us. So let, let's talk about this straight is the way. So the, the biblical concept in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, uh, here, here's basically what the Bible is saying. So uh, let, let, let's get into this here because I have some notes and uh, we're gonna have to go to another break here in just a minute here. Uh, but it's, it's Matthew um, 7, 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Well, have you seen a lot of people going that way? Yeah. And, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the need for repentance. Uh, we're going to talk about Luke 13, 3. And we're going to get into the importance of this. This is the first step. So there's going to be a couple different steps. We're going to get the first step, the second step, the third step. Stay tuned because you need to know this as a Christian. You need to understand what Jesus is talking about in the word of God when, when they say straight is the way, narrow is the gate. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Kogan Show. 
Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as the remnant. Straight is the way, narrow is the gate that leads unto salvation. And why do we have to understand this as Christians? We got to understand the narrow gate. You know, the concept of the narrow gate, entering through the narrow gate. Well, what about the importance of repentance? You know, in Luke 13, 3, it says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. That's Luke 13, 3. Do you hear that taught a lot these days? Have you heard T.D. Jakes talking about that? I don't know, maybe he does, but I haven't heard much of it. I haven't heard much of that from some of these bigger pastors out there. I, In fact, most of the time I, I, I tune in and I just can't even believe what I hear sometimes from some of these people. I have to tell you, I know you know what I mean. They're not talking about the invasion at the southern border. They're not talking about the fact that the uh, elites of the world are bringing us towards a new world order, one world government, where there could be, um, in, in not so distant future, uh, digital currency and the mark of the beast and uh, the Antichrist. Uh, we, we don't hear much of that, do we? We don't really hear much. What we hear a lot about is really seeker-friendly, greasy grace, um, just a lot of soy boy type of nonsense and it's not equipping the people of God. And so many people are uh, now falling into all kinds of deception and false stuff because they blow with every wind of doctrine because they don't know the scripture. And I know that's frustrating to you. It's frustrating to me. And so when we talk about a, a, a narrow gate, the first thing we got to talk about is Luke 13, 3, because in order to get through the narrow gate, you got to live a lifestyle repentance. He says, I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. So we've got to make that point first and foremost, because after we read the scripture in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, let me read it again. Enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Let me just stop there. What I call the seeker friendly, greasy grace, whatever you want to call it, nonsense that's literally just is like a cancer in the body of Christ. And there, there's several different cancers, by the way, but this is definitely one of them. When I, when I read that, that wide gate theology, and I think to myself, wide gate theology, that's it. That's what they're teaching. It's wide gate theology. It, you get your reward now, you know, uh, live your best life now. You know, they're not talking about, they're not thinking about eternity. They're not thinking about people that are going to be on their way to hell because they're still living in fornication. They're cheating on their spouse or they're, you know, they're involved in all kinds of witchcraft or adultery or sorcery or whatever the sin of choice is, addiction. And so the, the preacher is going to be held to account because he didn't tell the folks, hey, you got to repent. So listen, I mean, I didn't write the rules. And I, you know, I'm just a messenger, guys. But it says here in Luke 13, 3, it says, I tell you no, for unless you repent, you too will perish. So that's number one. Uh, number two, faith and belief. Faith and belief. John three sixteen. So we got to explore the role of faith and belief in entering this narrow gate. You got to believe, okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've been talking about this a lot lately. Faith is the currency of the kingdom, right? In John three sixteen is one of the most uh, well-known scriptures in the Bible, but yet we got to still talk about it because it's one of the most important scriptures, I believe. Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So, so the, the thing is, number one, you got to repent because it says, I tell you, no, unless you repent, you too will perish. Well, we don't want to perish. Then it says, look, for God so loved you. 
Okay, he loved you so much that he gave his son. Now, that is a profound statement in and of itself. He gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, so you got to believe in him, okay, and then you're not going to perish. You're going to have eternal life. But it's not just believing in him. It's repenting of your sin. It's turning from your lifestyle of sin. You can't just live the same life you did B.C., before Christ, and, and not, you know, change anything because then you're not repentant. The key is you got to be repentant. So, number one, we got we to gotta repent. Then we got to believe, okay? And then there's this road less traveled, number three. Road less traveled. So, there's challenges in following the narrow path. There's challenges, because in Matthew 7, 14, again, it says, small is the gate, small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Well, is this what we're hearing people talking about? Only a few are going to find this? No, that's not what we're hearing at all. So do you want to be part of the few, or do you want to be part of the wide gate? Well, the wide gate ain't going to heaven, guys, I hate to tell you. Why aren't preachers preaching this? Does it make any sense to you? I mean, we hear all different types of things coming from people. And I'm, I'm thankful for many of the ministries out there. I know people want to hear about CERN and they want to hear about aliens and they want to hear about, you know, all these exotic things. And listen, we cover those things too. But I think to me, if, 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 I, was, if I was you and if I was me, which I am, I, I would want to know what's going to set me up for ultimate success, not only here on this earth, but eternally. I would want to know as a father how to teach my child to be set up for success. I would want to know the basics of, of Christianity so that I can understand how to truly be a follower of Yeshua, follower of Christ. And so in order to do this, I'm going to reiterate it again here. Okay, number one, we know that there's this narrow gate. Okay, number two, there's this importance of repentance because in Luke 13, three, it says, I tell you, but unless you repent, you're, you're going to perish. Then you got to believe because without faith it's impossible to please God. And John 3.16 tells us that whoever believes in him shall not perish. So that means if you don't believe in him, you're going to perish. And then there's the road less traveled, okay? Now, I, I put up a post on Facebook about this the other day, and some of you liked it. And, um, you know, it's, it's called the road less traveled. But basically, the road less traveled is a concept echoing the essence of choosing a unique or challenging path in life. Finds a profound parallel, by the way, in the teachings of Matthew 7. So we're going to read this. Uh, of course, I read the scripture. And the passage is metaphorically, it's the contrast. It's, it's contrasting the easy, popular choices, which is the, the wide road. So many of you, and this is what you're going to have to break, and I had to break it too, you want to be liked by a lot of people. I mean, in today's social media world, people inherently want to be liked. They want to be approved. They want to be liked. They want to be popular. Remember in high school, kind of big deal to be popular. I mean, maybe some of you didn't care, but a lot of you did. And, you know, that that's human nature. People want to be liked. I mean, think about it. When somebody comes up to you and they give you a compliment or they give you an encouragement, you, you feel good, right? You feel good. Probably releases some endorphins even. You just, you feel good. Like, thank you, Jesus, you know? But the deal is, it, it's okay to, to like that feeling. But here's the thing. You can't make that an idol to where that you, that's what you constantly are looking for is acceptance of man. You gotta, we all gotta look for the acceptance of God. We gotta serve an audience of one, Jesus. That's the most important. I wanna, I wanna impress the Lord, not man. I wanna do what's right for the Lord, right? And so this is, this is it. There's this contrast from the easy, I call it microwave Christianity, easy, popular wide road seeker friendly greasy grace all that stuff right and and you know which is more demanding 
is it's the it's the less happy you know the the less chosen path this is much more demanding much more demanding this narrow path and it, it suggests that the true fulfillment and spiritual enlightenment require commitment repentance discipline consecration and often the willingness to walk a path less trodden that means it's not the popular path guys it's it, you're not going to have everybody saying oh you're so awesome oh i want to you know if, if that's the goal that's going to be your reward and by the way you're never going to please anybody you're never going to i mean i'm telling you maybe a little bit for some person they'll they'll be you know eventually they're gonna they're gonna have an attention span deficit or whatever and next thing you're not so cool have you ever done that where you know somebody really liked you and they thought you were like the cat's meow and then you're with them for a while and all of a sudden they don't like you as much you know what i'm saying hopefully that's not the case in your marriage by the way but you know i think i think all of us deal with that to a, to a point because at first sometimes people put you on a pedestal or they think you're so great and then they start seeing your flaws and they start seeing your human and all of a sudden they they think oh wow this guy isn't exactly as who i thought he was right i mean i i've known people i remember when i was in hollywood and i would i would meet some some very well known people and at first i'm like wow i'm meeting leonardo dicaprio or i'm meeting you know this person or that person next thing you know i'm like eh, he's not that cool <laughs> he's just another person you know he he's got bo too sometimes you know Anyways, that, that's what happens, right? So you're never going to please anyone all the time. But a lot of people are looking for the approval of man. And this is what we've got to get rid of the approval of man syndrome. Okay, the approval of man. Taking a public opinion poll about everything you do. You know, make, wanting everybody to like you and to be popular. And we all, have, listen, I have to fight this too. Okay, we're, we're not trying to be the mayor. Well, maybe you are trying to be the mayor. But if you are... That's a different story. But okay, here's the deal, though. Uh, let me read this again. The passage metaphorically contrasts the easy, popular choices, which is the wide road, the mob mentality, post-postmodernism that they're trying to sell to us all, the mob mentality, with, with, with instead of that, the more demanding, less chosen path, this narrow path. And it's, it, this narrow path is going to offer true fulfillment and true spiritual enlightenment. And it's going to require commitment and repentance and discipline and consecration and often the willingness to walk this path that's less trodden signifying the pursuit of righteousness and eschewing of worldly temptations and ease mm. wow well this uh, allegory serves as a powerful reminder of the virtue and reward in seeking a deeper more meaningful journey through life it's the one that pleases god so, so I really want you to think today because when we talk about this verse, are you currently on the path that pleases God? See, because if you're getting a bunch of flack and there's a bunch of people in your family that are mad at you because of the way you live and there's people think you're crazy and sometimes people are manifesting. When you walk in the room, they just start manifesting. You know, you're like, why is this person going crazy? Well, it's Jesus in you. If you're living that life, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're having warfare over different things. But if you're not dealing with these things and you're just, you're out there and you're like the man, you're the man, you're going out to parties, you're drinking, you're keg stands, whatever, you know, you're the man, you're the man. Are you really the man? No, no, you're on your way to hell. Can I be real? You're on your way to hell, according to the Bible. You've got to be a repentant, consecrated person that's set apart and that's the narrow gate. And so what I, what I want you to do and what I think, this is what was happening to me at the altar the other day is that the Lord was, he was taking away the burden of all the church hurt and all the horrible things that I've seen. And I was sitting there, I said, how, how did we become so prideful as the body of Christ? How did, we, how did we get to a place 
where, 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 where these things became important, you know, how many followers you have, how big your church is. You know, if you're a famous celebrity Christian, you're making money on all these different things. You know, what, how did that all happen? How did it get to that instead of the, the narrow gate, which leads to salvation? That's what I was weeping about. I, I, I felt the, just the disdain. I felt, I felt the, how we displeased the Lord and things that we've done. And I just thought to myself, my God, I never want to be, I don't want that to be the ministry. Not, not here. I don't care about, you know, all that stuff. Maybe at one point I did, but the Lord has peeled that layer away from me. You know, I could have been popular like that in the world. I don't, I don't need that now. I don't want that. I want to please God. I really believe that's it. Faith and belief, the road less traveled. You know, that narrow path, small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life. Only a few are going to find it. Are you going to be one of those few? And then there's the grace of God, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. The grace of God. We're going we're gonna to get into the grace of God. We're going to get into living the transformed life. We're going to get into the narrow gate in, in different Christian, you know, uh, traditions. And then we're going to get into some questions and comments uh, when we get back. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to wrap this up, and it's going to be very important for you to know these things. This is the Todd Coconato Show. PastorTodd.org is the website, PastorTodd.org. I have a new app, which is in the Apple Store, and it plays all these broadcasts live. There's groups in there. It's in the it's in the Android Store. It's on um, you know the Google Play. It's uh, it's all over. It's in Amazon. It's in Roku. Download the app. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, The Remnant. Pastor Todd Coconato here. We're so thankful that you've tuned in. Are you getting something from this today? Thinking about just, you know, are you thinking about it? The narrow gate. I don't want you to be fearful. You know, some people start getting nervous. Like, am I going to go to heaven? Well, if you if you don't know, make sure that you get before the Lord tonight. Spend some time alone with the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm not sure. Am I saved? Am I, am I on my way to heaven? Is there areas in my life that I need to consecrate? Are there things that I need to stop doing? And, I don't want to displease you, God. You know, I, I, we got to have that personal relationship with Jesus. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, but you're not perfect, you're like everybody because all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. But we've got to have a desire to hunger and thirst for righteousness because that's what a Christian is. You know, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. The road less traveled. Well, let me, let me talk about the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. This is good news for you. This is good news for me. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one, no one can boast. So I'm going to read it again. For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, friends. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. So here's the good news. There's nothing you can do from a works standpoint that's going to get you saved. You're saved by faith, and, and faith is the currency of the kingdom. You're saved by faith, meaning that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's risen from the dead. You've accepted him in your heart as Lord and Savior. You confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart, and therefore you're saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then there's something called fruit. And by their fruit, you shall know them. You know them by their love. You know them by their fruit. Now, this is where I have to tell you a lot of the stuff online that I see that people are claiming as Christianity I think to myself, well, how can this be? Because the fruit is just not there and the love is not there. And those are the two ways that you know a Christian. 
So, um, you know, some people need to really think about this. There's, there's this guy, and he's been online just going crazy on me. This is what happens when you're a public person. There's always one of these people. There's always a couple of these people. And they just, they just make it their mission. I think they're demonized. They make it their mission to try to destroy you, destroy your ministry. Well, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen because no one can take away your ministry but God. So as long as you're repentant and teachable and you're doing your best to serve the Lord, then no one can take the mantle of anointing from you. But there's always going to be these people. If you're in ministry in any capacity, there's going to be somebody that freaks out on you. There's going to be somebody that acts awful. But they're going to claim that they're Christian. They're going to claim that they're Christian and you're not. And they're going to try to say, oh, you did this and you did that. Well, who's the accuser of the brethren? It's Satan. And of course, they're mean-spirited, which is not the love of Christ. And they don't have self-control and they don't have fruit. But they think it in their head that they're doing the work of God. There's a lot of these people. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Just like some of these people are calling everybody out online. Listen, some of these people are doing the right thing. They do it in love. They do it at the appropriate time. They do it when the Lord puts it on their heart. And they're exposing wickedness. Then there's people that have made it like their whole, it's like a career of just exposing and being hard, you know, and they think they're, they're the ones that like, you know, it's like a, somebody made them the, the, the call out person of everybody. No, that's not how it works, guys. That's not how it works. God said to go and make disciples of the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our main mission. That's the main thing. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, thy mind, thy soul, and then love your neighbor. Yeah, even love your enemies, by the way. Mm. So a Christian is known by their love and by their fruit, and by their fruit you shall know them. That's, that's the key. So, so even though we're saved by grace through faith, you know, and it's not from ourselves so that no one can boast, not by works, yet faith without works is dead. Mm, faith without works is dead. So as a Christian, you should have works because without it, it's dead, but that's not how you got saved. Does that make sense? What that is, is that's part of the fruit. See, part of the fruit of you being saved is the fact that you're going to want to do kingdom business. You're going to want to be a representative of Jesus in the love of Christ, through the wisdom of Christ, going out there, wise as serpents, gentle as, gentle as doves, being the salt and the light. And so it's the spiritual battle that we're dealing with, right? So it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing from the word of God. That's why I always say, get into the word. Know the word. Hide it in your heart. It's a lamp unto your feet. Become a lover of the word. That is fruit in your life. You want fruit. I want fruit. Okay? So, um, and then, you know, it's not from yourselves. It's a gift. So thank you, Jesus, for this gift. Thank you for the, it's faith. You know, salvation is a gift, but you got to receive it. You got you to accept it. He stands at the door of your heart knocking and you got to let him in. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So that's the key, right? So then we live, what happens after this? We live a transformed life, okay? After, after these things happen, let me just go through them all real quick. Just a little recap if you just turned in. Okay, so we talked about the narrow gate and the, you know, the path to salvation. That's what this whole conversation is about. We started from Matthew 7, 13 through 14, enter through the narrow gate, Wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through that. Mm -hmm. Small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. You want to be one of those few. I want to be one of those few. The importance of repentance, Luke 13, 3. Okay, says, I tell you, no, unless you repent, you too will perish. So you got to repent. Then there's faith and belief. Well, what is faith? It's the evidence of things not seen. Okay, faith is the currency of the kingdom. 
without faith, it's impossible to please God. And in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, that's faith, will not perish but have eternal life. Okay? All right, tracking with me so far? I hope so. Then you got the road less traveled. Back to Matthew 7, 14. And we talk about the challenges of following this narrow path. It's not easy. There's going to be warfare. There's going to be people coming against you. There's going to be people freaking out on you. There's going to be people accusing you. The devil's going to try to, to wear you down. The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. So, so there's challenges. This is not easy. The people are telling you it's going to be easy. They're lying to you. It's going to be very challenging. There's going to, every day you're going to be involved in warfare, almost every day of your life. But it's rewarding because you have the spirit of God in you. You have the favor of God on you. And you're, you're, you're doing the kingdom business. You're doing the work of the kingdom. And, and the Lord uses you. And he expands your territory. And people get saved and set free and healed and delivered. And So that, that is the most rewarding thing that you could possibly experience in this, in this world. That's why Paul, when he was in prison, he still had peace. He found that. He understood that, that he had the peace that passes understanding. He came to the conclusion and understanding to live as Christ, to die as gain, right? So you got the road less traveled. Okay, small is the gate, narrow is the road, least life, only if you found it. Then there's the grace of God. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the grace in my life. If without grace, forget it, I'd be done. You'd be done, right? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not for yourselves. It is a gift. Thank you for the gift, Lord, not by works, so that no one can boast. But then we remember faith without works is dead. So you gotta, you gotta, there should be fruit. That's the fruit, right? All right, then there's number six, or I think it's number seven. Living the transformed life. This is it. The transformed life. Romans 12, 2. So, you know, uh, entering the narrow gate leads to a transformed life. That is the fruit of it. It says uh, in Romans 12, 2, do not con be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are not people that are bound by conformity. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thank you, Jesus. That's what happens when you enter the narrow gate. Your mind is not conformed. You're like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You are not going to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. You're not, you listen, if you go in that fiery furnace, there's going to be another one in the fire with you, okay? That is so powerful. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's not going to give you more you can handle. He's not, he's not going to just bail on you. He hasn't taken you this far just to leave you now, but it's, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it, amen? The narrow gate is different in certain, in, in certain Christian traditions. I mean, what do I mean by that? Well, certain denominations have a little bit of interpretation on this, and I always got to mention that because I know some of you are Baptists and some of you are Pentecostal, but remember, there's no denominations in heaven. I, I think it's pretty straight out. I think it's pretty clear to me. I think we went through it today. Uh, and then I talked about, you know, uh, some possible questions, and uh, somebody here on the live is, is, is asking me, they say, well, how do you know if you're saved? Well, I'm going to actually do a whole show on that, but I'm going to say it very simple. If you've confessed with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you repented of your sin and unrighteousness, then you are saved. Don't let the devil lie to you, okay? Turn from the wickedness. If you're not sure, get on your knees right now and ask the Lord in your heart and start living for him. Don't go back to that sin. And so, uh, you know, look, there's a lot of things that we discussed today. Seek the narrow gate. 
deepen your faith. Every season, every season of our life, we should be going deeper with the Lord. Every season of our life, we should get more on fire, not less on fire, more on fire for God. Deeper in our walk, deeper in our faith. No matter what the devil tries to throw at you, who cares? He's on his way to the lake of fire, the bottomless pit. He's under our feet. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. This is the Todd Coconado Show, The Remnant. You can find all of our shows archived on our app, our brand new app, Todd Coconado Ministries. And that's on the Apple Store. It's on Google Play. It's on Roku. It's on Amazon. Get on there. Join the app. We love you. We bless you. We'll be back next week. Four thousand people. Four thousand people came to the Lord last year through these broadcasts. I kid you not. That's the number. Uh, maybe more. And we're not doing this to brag. I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for using this media ministry here at the Remnant. Uh, people are downloading this all over the world. If uh, this is something that you find that is valuable to you in your growth, or you find this work to be a valuable work. Please pray about becoming a monthly partner here at the ministry. We need your support. Uh, it's the only way that we can do what we do. You are the fuel in this mission, in this late hour to stand for truth and righteousness. And so we thank you. We bless you. Go to pastortodd.org or toddcoconado.com slash give. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being part of The Remnant.